0: Our scripture today will be coming from Acts chapter 2. As you can see, uh, the Reverend Simon Wara was scheduled to preach for us today, but as I think Pastor Ed shared with you and Simon shared when he was speaking as well, that uh, last night after we've had the conference for the last several days here with representatives here from across the United States, we found out, or Simon found out, received the message during the celebration last night that uh, Pastor Julius' mother had unexpectedly died, and so we uh, ended up pulling him aside and having some time to share with him the news, uh, praying with him as well. But then with the seven-hour time difference from here to Kenya, um, they have been up most all night uh, in conversation with the ministry team there in Kenya, with Julia's wife, Nancy, and the family back in Kenya. And so he, he sent me a note about 11.25 last night and said, be prepared to preach. <laughs> so um, I was thinking this morning, you know, I was waiting, you know, we, we spoke again early and uh, they just have not had much rest at all and it's been such a long week also. And, and, uh, and so I was thinking about 4.30 or so this morning when I was working on this scripture that, um, you know, my preaching professor always told us you should never pull off a Saturday night special. <laughs> this is not. It's a Sunday morning special uh, where we will trust clearly in the spirit of God as well. But we, we hold um, Simon and, and Henry and Lucy and Julius and Anthony and the, uh, the whole team so very much in our prayers, and they'll be heading back to Kenya, kind of some staggered times, and they're actually working to, to change some of the flights and some of the schedules, and um, um, we just, we pray for you guys, and we pray for Julius' family. I was so honored, the last time I was there, just a couple of years ago, um, son Julius, who didn't really have time, we found out we were late and got a little bit in trouble, but he actually took us by his mother's home. And uh, we were able to visit with his mom, get to meet her. Uh, She actually then came out, even though she had some health issues, she uh, made her way out just to be able to wave goodbye to us. So I had the privilege of meeting his mom and and getting to know her in her home. So I am so honored and humbled by that experience as well. Acts chapter 2, today is the day of Pentecost. So we read the Pentecost text where Luke shares with us, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? And others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We had church today. It's one of the phrases I used to hear people say when I was growing up out in the country at a small little country church. Once in a while, not every Sunday, but once in a while, after the worship service, the preacher would get up and go, now we had church today. And and I would be thinking, well, didn't we have church last Sunday? And didn't we have church the Sunday before? But what the preacher was actually meaning was is that there are certain times when the Spirit of God pours out in a special way. In an amazing, mighty way. You feel it. There's a movement we had church today. Jesus spoke about the church. Actually, there's only one place in the four Gospels where the word church is mentioned. And, and it's in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus asked the disciples, who do the people say that I am? And they gave the various answers. And then Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? Peter then spoke up and said, I know who you are. You are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human being could have told you that God has revealed this to you. So I'm changing your name to Petros. Petros is a Greek word for little rock. I'm changing your name to Peter, which, which then, you're little rock. But upon this Petra, this big rock, this huge rock of faith, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. I, Jesus said, will build my church. The church, we had church today. The church is not our idea. The church is not something that that some committee decided to get together and let's form a group. We'll call it church. The church is Christ's idea. Jesus I did, and that word for church is the Greek word ekklesia, and it actually means the called out people, called out, the congregation, the movement. Sometimes we get confused with the word church. We often associate church with the facilities, and one of the reasons is is that that whether we're here or not, you can drive by and there's a sign out front of our church that says, Weddington United Methodist Church. So people go, there's the church. And somehow, we've mistakenly then begun to see the church as the facilities. The church is not the building. The church is not the campus. Church is God's movement. It's the congregation. It's the people that God has called out for ministry and mission. In the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, the covenant with Abraham is, I will be your God and you'll be my people. The covenant in the New Testament is the same, where God is calling us out. I'll be your God. You will be my people, my movement, my congregation. You're to be doing something for Christ. And so when we turn to the book of Acts, Luke, who wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, Luke shares with us in chapter 1 that after Jesus had been raised from the dead and as he was preparing to ascend into heaven, he said to the disciples, you're not to leave here. Actually, if you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4, the scripture says he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem. But to wait there for the promise of the Father. I love that. I mean, it's a command. He didn't say, so here's the plan. Here's kind of what I was thinking that we'll do for the weekend. Uh, This is all up for discussion, but here's what I'm thinking. So if y'all will just kind of wait here uh, somewhere in a couple days, maybe a week, then I'm going to pour out the Spirit. So you might want to be here for that. Just kind of keep that in mind. That's not what he says at all. He actually, it's a command. It's an imperative. You are not to leave here. You are to stay right here until you receive the promise of the Father. Why? Because without it, you can't be my church. And, and he says that in verse 8 of, of chapter 1, he goes, For you will receive power from when the Holy Spirit has come. And you will be my witnesses then here in Jerusalem, the region of Judea, out to the outskirts of Samaria, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You've got to have this. So Acts chapter 2 comes. It's the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is an Old Testament holy day. You can learn more about it in Leviticus chapter 23 where you have the list of the various Jewish holy days. And I know many of you use Leviticus as your devotional reading. It's such an inspiring section. But, but there in, in Leviticus you'll actually see that the, here are the holy days and Pentecost was a harvest festival. It was 50 days after Passover. So kind of think through. Jesus was dying on the cross around Passover because he celebrated Passover in the upper room with the disciples. He was crucified, buried for three days, with the disciples for 40 days. And this is only 50 days later, so it's about a week after the ascension that, that the disciples have gathered together. Are you with me there? It's about a week later that, that the disciples are gathered together and all of a sudden we're told that there was a rush of a violent wind. That God poured out his Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. God breathed upon the church. And what I love about the scriptures, is it doesn't just say that God breathed on the church. But it said it was like a, a, a mighty wind. Some versions say a violent wind. But either way the point of it is is on Pentecost God didn't look at the church and go. <sighs> God was not blowing out a candle on the church. But rather, God poured out His Spirit on the church. It was a rushing, mighty wind that God pours out because it's the presence and power of God Himself being poured together. And all of a sudden, when the Spirit poured out, they were able to hear in their own languages. And they're absolutely amazed. All these people had come from all these various regions into Jerusalem to celebrate this Jewish Holy Day of Pentecost. All these different languages, all these different cultures joined together. And now the disciples stand up to proclaim the gospel. And the people are amazed. How is it that we hear and understand this in our own native language? I was sharing with Simon about their coming and the timing, working with with Pentecost. And he said, anywhere you have five Kenyans together, you've got Pentecost." because you know, there are so many different languages. I mean, they speak English, they speak Swahili, which is the national language, and then there are various tribal languages as well, like Kikuyu is a, is a tribal language. And, and, and so sometimes when I have the privilege of going to Kenya to preach, uh, I'm standing here and I preach in English, Simon then puts it in Swahili, and, and then Julius is standing here and, and moves it on into Kikuyu, so that, that all the various people that are there in the group can still hear what God is doing. It's one of the most amazing things. And here, God is making sure that the gospel can be heard in our own languages. We hear about God's deeds of power. What God is doing in the midst of his people. When I was a kid, one of the things I loved to do growing up out in the country was... We, you know, most every farm had a pond, and, and so, you know, you, you're always able to go fishing or go to a pond, and, and one of the things that you do is pick up rocks and skip rocks across the water. Have you ever skipped rocks across the water? If you have not skipped rocks across the water, you have not lived. I mean, it's a great way, you know, you get together and you, you throw the rocks and you try to count and see if you can beat what somebody else can do. How many times does it, does it skip across the water? And, and one of the things in it sometimes we would do is, is you'd find that big rock, you know, and, and you would come over and you would try to toss it in and you would hear the doosh. And then you would see the ripple effects. And you would watch those ripples work and work and work until they're at the far edges all the way around the pond what god did on pentecost was he made a splash you see jesus had said to them you will be my disciples here in jerusalem but then it should go beyond jerusalem all the way through judea but it should go Beyond Judea, all the way through Samaria, and it should go beyond Samaria, all the way to the ends of the earth. It, it radiates, and, and and so what we join together today on Pentecost is that we're praying to God again today that God will make another splash. See, I'm grateful to God that He made the splash that day because we're part of the ripple. It started in Jerusalem. We're the ends of the earth. We have a tendency to go everything starts from us and then we're in ministry to the ends of the earth. And so we think that the, that the circle radiates from us. Actually, we're part of the ripple. We're part of the end of the earth that God made sure we got the message. So that now God can splash again here and send ripples on in other directions as well. Several years ago, it was about 12 years ago, I guess, I guess, Simon came here with the Mission Society out of Atlanta and he was just kind of being introduced He was actually working with a different ministry at the time and he was in Helms Hall Which is the gathering room that's just you know right over here It used to be the Weddington High School part of our campus and And he was in that room and and sharing in the mission and hearing other people talk about mission and it was here So God brought Simon from Kenya to Weddington to be told go back to Kenya and, and, and so God then led him and, and, and convicted him and shared with him about there are so many unreached people in Kenya. Now what we need to understand though too is as is, is, is Americans is we need to be reminded that Kenya and other places are now sending missionaries to us in America. Because so many of us no longer pay attention to the gospel. But Simon was called by God. There are There are people, there are tribes and people groups all around you that do not know Jesus Christ, have not heard the good news. And he felt convicted and then established the ministry of God's grace for all nations. About 10 years ago, we just celebrated the 10-year celebration. And and we've been in ministry together because God led to a calling. God made a, a splash. And the ripples have occurred. It's amazing to see some of the ministry. You saw the video. And, and I, was, I was thinking last night as we were watching, there was a, a picture of a pond with some of the cattle out in the pond. And I remembered when we visited there. It's out in the Samburu. I think it's some beautiful country there. And, and some of the, the people there are just amazing, beautiful people to, to get to know and, and, and to get to experience life with. And, but there's this watering hole, this pond. And, and, and so you, you have the cattle that go and wade out into the pond to drink and the sheep go to the pond to drink and the goats go to the pond to drink and at night the zebras go to the pond to drink and the other animals, the giraffes and other animals go to the pond to drink and, and then you know, your own, you've got hillsides all around so when it rains, then all the remains of the cattle and all the wild beasts kind of go into the pond and then the people come with containers to drink out of the same water. So Simon and God's Grace for All Nations, the ministry, they began to talk with the leaders of the community, the leaders of the tribe, and, and ask, you know, can, we, can we have a spot of land? We'll put up a water filtration system. And with Water Missions International and some others, they, they actually teamed up and, and put a water filtration system right there near the pond so that the people could come and get clean water. But the catch was, we also want enough land to be able to put a church right beside of it. Now when I say church, don't think building. When I was there, the church at that time was a tree. We met under the tree. I always get so tickled when we get upset because the parking's not close enough to the building, the air's a little too cool, or it's a little too hot, or these pews are uncomfortable, and it's already 11.59, and he's not winding up, and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) People there walked for miles, walked for miles to come and worship God. And and they would walk for miles to come and get this water. And they would come and get the water and and be able to drink. And then the pastor who was stationed there in the movement of God, this congregation that was called out, would offer them the living water of Jesus Christ as well. And while we were there visiting that day, they came and pulled Simon and me aside and said, there's a lady here and we need you to pray for she came and got water, but now she wants to meet Jesus Christ, the living water. Will you introduce her to Jesus Christ? The ripple effects and connecting and what God is doing through God's spirit, the home of the good shepherd. It's its absolutely an amazing place. I encourage you if you get a chance to go, but but God makes splashes. And so we had a team that that went there and and and. As the team was there looking in Kenya, they noticed that, that some of the children just were hungry. And Pastor Lucy here, she had a, a, a feeding ministry where they would feed the street children. And children who live on the street, it's hard for us to imagine, but sometimes families just couldn't afford to take care of their kids. So they, they bring them into town and then they leave them there and hope that they'll be okay, hope that they'll be taken care of. And, and, and some of them are orphaned where, you know, the families died for various reasons. The parents died and. And so, you know, these children are on the street literally begging for food. It's one of the hardest things. The last time I was there, Simon and I were walking through one of the towns, and, and this child came up and started asking for some money. And Simon, you know, questioned him a couple times, you know, make sure that it, was, that it was legitimate and realized this is a hungry child. So went over and, and bought him bananas and some other food that, that this child on the street would be able to eat. We're not used to seeing that. And one of the things that some of the teams saw was that some of the children would would have glue in their sleeve. and, And when people weren't looking, they would sniff it because sometimes that would help relieve some of the hunger pains. And so there was a family in the church who felt God's leading in spirit and said... When they came back, how is it that we can, we can live here? We can sleep in our comfortable beds. We have food on our table. We throw away food while kids are going through landfills looking for food. We've got to be able to do something. And, and so they said they would put up the first amount of money, the, a very generous contribution at the beginning, if the church would come alongside and we would build a home for the Good Shepherd, a home for the children, known as the home of the Good Shepherd. And that's how the home was established. And now these children... Well, they, they have food on their table. They have clothes on their backs. They have a bed to lie in. There's a roof over their heads. They have people that protect them at night. They know they're safe. And I'll never forget the, the very first time I was there. I think his name was Steven. was brand new to to the home. And, and the children were singing and dancing for us. And this kid, I mean, he was he was going at it. Because I told my wife, if, if I'd have been there three more days, I'd have been coming home going, look what I brought you. He was so excited and so happy and the house mother who was there with the home of the Good Shepherd, she leaned over to me. She knew I was watching him and she goes, he does not believe that there is a heaven. He believes he's now in heaven. He's no longer afraid. He's no longer hungry. And he's able to be here and he had a sibling there as well. And What a privilege it was to be in ministry. And and so you see that because God, God made a way. God God made a ripple. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And so one of the things that we began to realize, though, with the children, it's hard for us to imagine here that in Kenya, if you want out of poverty, there's only one way to get out, and that's through an education. And, and the challenge, though, is here, I mean, we, our kids grow up going to school. They, they don't have that option. They're going to school, but they're going to school as a privilege, and, and the parents have to be able to afford the school fees, the families. The families have to be able to come up with the money to pay the school fees. Well, now we have we have a bunch of children in the home of the Good Shepherd. And, and who are the parents? Well, we are. We are. We're, we're now the parents. These are our kids. And, and they're in the home. And so how, how do we get these kids in school? And you've got to pay for the uniforms. And you've got to pay the school fees and the various things that they have to have to be able to go to school. And Now the challenge is is you want to put them in a good school because as they approach the 8th grade, they're going to take a test that's going to change their lives. I mean, this is so hard for many of us to understand, but that child is going to take a test that will determine if they are invited to high school. If. And how well they do on the test will determine which high school they get to go to. Because the high schools are boarding schools that your child's going to go to the school and. And so if, if you score well, you can go here. If not, you, can, you might be able to go there. So there are trade schools and other schools or, or no school. You just don't even get to go. And if you can get in one of these better schools, then you know you'll be able to go to the university. And you'll be able to be educated. And so we started running into how, how do we provide for these kids and the tuition. Well, that's, that's the challenge. That's one of the reasons why when you share in your tithes and offerings, if you want to know what difference it makes, The church's mission budget to Kenya alone, not counting all the others, but just to Kenya, and not counting all the other things that we do, but just the church's budget for Kenya is about $120,000 to be in ministry and mission with this ministry. So we want to know what difference you make, you make a difference. And so now we have children that are studying and doing well. There was a, a young lady who was here not long ago. Her name's Frida. And Frida was in the school. Her her mother loved her dearly, but just wasn't able to provide everything for Frida. And so Frida was in the home of the Good Shepherd, was able to go to school, was able to get into high school, was able to get into a good high school, was able to get into the university, and now is a medical doctor. And she helps care as well for the school. I mean, she has this amazing ministry, and she's been able to move some of her family in with her now that she has income, and now she's changing their lives as well but it started with a ripple way back here. And Elijah is this great young man who grew up in the school, and and, and he did well, and he got into school, and he got into school, and he did well, and studied hard, and, and he became an accountant, and now he's the accountant for God's grace for all nations. When we get the financial reports, it's a kid, a kid who started in the school that's now the accountant letting us know how the school's doing. So God is doing some amazing things. It's Pentecost, and as I was in the room, I could tell you more and more stories. I I love those stories, and I I, I tell you, I hope you can go someday, especially to the home of the Good Shepherd, but out into the Samburu and the various regions around as well, around Yahururu. because if you drop your hand to your side, I can tell you what's going to happen. A little hand's going to go into it. And I'll never forget that. There's a young girl I I ask Simon every time, you know, how is Monica? Because Monica, my first time there, when we went to dedicate the home of the Good Shepherd, her little hand went into mine, and she sat on my lap for the three-hour service. So if you're worried that we're now approaching an hour and seven minutes, (laughs) we have another hour and 50 to go. But that little girl sat on my lap that whole time and, and the last time I was there, I've been there a few times now and, and Simon and Lucy were there and Simon saw Monica and, she, and he said, do you recognize any of these people? And, and Monica looked over and went, that one, and pointed at me. So it's like, okay, yeah, you're my kid, I'll do what. what do you need? We all feel that way about the kids that are there, all the kids that are there. Every child there has a story. And God loves every one of these kids. God's Spirit is moving. And as I was looking at the the group in the room yesterday, I was thinking, you know, if God gets a ripple effect going here in Weddington, that there's a splash by the Holy Spirit, and the ripples start going. And and there were some folks there from Dallas and Austin. and, And if God makes a splash there, and the ripples start going. And there were some folks there from Kentucky. And God makes a splash, and there's, there's some ripples that start going. And there were some folks there from Charleston, and God makes a splash there. And, well, the ripples start going. At some point, those ripples are going to converge. And, and, and maybe we can get to, to the ends of the earth. That those ripples are going to make such an amazing difference. And, and as one who loves to be out on a boat, I'll tell you... What's interesting is, is when you get some ripples coming this way in a current and some ripples coming this way in a current and some ripples coming that, we call that choppy water. Or in other words, God can make a wave. Because we're not called to be a building. We're not called by God to be a campus. You've got to have it. But we're called by God to be a Movement. To be a people. To make a difference. Here in Weddington. In the Charlotte region. North and South Carolina. across the country. To the ends of the earth. Imagine what would happen if God would breathe again today. Not a puff. But the outpouring of God's amazing Holy Spirit. We might just have church today. Will you pray with me? God, we just pray that you'd help us to be your church, your movement. And God, we pray that this movement would truly make a difference in the name of and on behalf of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are unreached people groups in Kenya. There are unreached people groups in Weddington. 30% of the community right here have no faith involvement. You really need your church. So you called on your church to be your witnesses. But you said you've got to wait until you have the power of God. It's the only way this thing will work. So God, on this day of Pentecost, we pray that you will breathe again. We pray that you will make a splash again. God, we pray that you would empower your people to truly be a movement on behalf of Jesus Christ across our world so that you would be glorified and lost would be saved and the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen.